Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about a world with Bitcoin at the center. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, talking about a world with Bitcoin at the center. Uh, this is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us, the newsletter we created to help raise the emotional intelligence of our readers. Emotional intelligence is what closes the gap between what you know uh, as a thought right? Like a lot of people know what to do when it comes to money. They've read enough books, read enough blogs. It's pretty simple, but struggle with the, but why do I not do what I know I need to do? And that's allowing your emotional intelligence to raise to your like intellect, right? So raising how you feel about money, uh, which is why we do the daily perspectives, the premium content that we do uh, for the newsletter. And then we have the ask, ask Philip questions that, that readers can ask. Um, that I include the the details of of, uh, of of the facts around it, but also like the emotional aspect. So check it out, wealthbuildingmadesimple.us, 200 bucks a year, 25 bucks a month. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. So today we were talking about a world with Bitcoin at the center. And because uh, this one, this episode is like, I, had to, I, I knew the principle, but I had to research a lot. Um, which side note, if you guys, I I feel like I've said this before in a podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Like if you want to know a really, if you want to read, if you want to read a longer version of it, there's a shorter four hour version on YouTube. There's a, a, um, YouTube video or documentary called, uh, it's called, um, the ascent of money. It's four hours. Then there's also a book called The Ascent of Money. I think the book is like 20 hours or something like that. Uh, the audio book. I guess the big book is probably big, but you probably want the audio book. But the four-hour documentary on YouTube is good, but, but check it out. It has a lot of uh, this information in it if you want to look at the history of money. Um, but r- the world with Bitcoin at the center, what you, what you first want to understand is like, okay, what are the principles behind like what builds a financial system that that goes global and so i went back and i was like all right let's look at like some some recent when i say recent last four or five hundred year uh, economic systems that were like global money what and, and what were the components the main components and what were the similarities so that we can kind of look at today and 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 get what we need so you look at the venetian uh network which uh the Medici, I feel like Venetian and the Medici was around the same era. They were like early bankers, but the Venetian had an extensive trade network. Uh, the innovation of like ships, because I don't want to say they innovated ships, because I don't know that, but they had they were known for like being uh, having really good ships and being able to expand their trade 
network with the um, ships and ports and going everywhere. And so they had a big uh, trade network, uh, and they made a uh, – and that trade network is going to be important, so pay attention to that word. And they had a innovative banking uh, idea, which is double-entry bookkeeping, which before basically that's like accounting. So before that, there was no like real system for accounting, so there was like a lack of financial transparency. And so when when that was invented, it's it it made the value of of using their money uh, and their you know their financial system uh, more innovative because they had the network and then they had the uh, transparent financial system. And so that sucked in a lot of the or a lot of people wanted to store their wealth right in that financial system. So then you fast forward to the Dutch, and they also had a, an extensive trade network because they had a, they had an extensive empire. So when you read history and you look at why a lot of these uh, in the back in the day these countries built empires, because that's back from that in that understanding the way to extend your network before there was like business competition, it was like conquer, right? And then you would ex- you would extend your network so you have a large trade network. And then you would have your network use your currency. So in Dutch, they had a large network. And then their financial innovation was the uh, joint stock company or like stock market. So they, they they were able to build on what the previous generation did or what the Venetians did by the transparent bookkeeping. And then once you have transparent bookkeeping and a vast network, now you can create companies that people can invest in with those transparent bookkeeping. So you, so you had that, right? Just the evolution of innovation, right? And then you had UK, which they had the extensive uh, empire. They were, they were also innovating in, um, in manufacturing how to do things a little bit, not as much as the Americans that we'll get to, but they were doing it, you know, relatively well. And then they, what they were really good at is like managing currency because central banks were, uh, were beginning to be used, but a lot of the early central banks, um, you know, like struggled. They would print way too much money, and they would like flood the market with the system because it was a new, n- new innovation. But uh, the UK was one where they had like a long. I feel like they had like a hundred years of like low to no inflation because they were very good at uh, uh, managing the currency. Right? They they uh, were uh, strict at one point about like the gold standard back in their system with gold um, until they began to like going to too many wars later on down the way, which which blew up their system um, uh, or stuck value out of their system. But that was what built their system. Then the U.S. came, and we know our story, and the, the innovation of the U.S. was not only uh, not only like the individual components of like have, of, of innovating in, in different parts of businesses and having a vast network, like our innovation was our system, like democracy, because democracy is a culture of innovation right because to have innovation you have to have chaos right you have to have spontaneity you don't have evolution without spontaneous evolution from the bottom up and so the u.s culture we've continued to reinvent ourselves as a country you know for longer than what was expected because of you know people look down on the uh chaos and go oh you americans you're chaotic and i'm like but that's what makes the system beautiful so like that creates a culture of innovation where we continually to we continually continually reinvent new industries and continually 
reinvent our finance, right? We have a strong rule of law, strong military, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, the economy and everything is relative. It was a relative transparent economy, a relative transparent legal system um, with innovation at the core of it. Uh, and, And it built on top of the previous generation's ideas. So now you look at the new world that's being built and the new world is no, no the I think people miss the new world because they are thinking in terms of like location as an economy. But now we're people who are, are listening to this podcast in like different countries. You know uh so we're like a uh globe we're globally tied based on the internet. Like if I used to want to sell goods, I can only sell goods before the internet to people in my in my area for the most part. Now at the internet, we're hyper connected. So that becomes a, like an economy. And then you think, all right, so what's the financial? So you got that innovation and, and, and the internet economy is just innovating rapidly because it's super free. So look at what America did. Like it's about to get crazy. All the innovation about to happen on the internet. And then you look at the the, the, the financial system of the internet and that's crypto. Um, uh, and, and, and crypto is is the epitome of transparency because of the transactions are recorded on the blockchain. Uh, and, and so you look at gold, gold being, you, you look at all those systems that were built and what was, at, what was at the back of all the systems were like gold, right? So in all those systems, you would find a lot of gold concentrated in the area for the world because they needed a gold to back the, to back the money of the system. And so uh, in the digital world, Bitcoin was built to be a gold of, of this system because it, like like gold, well, I guess gold can more can be found. There's not going to ever be more than 21 million Bitcoin. It's a super transparent system. So, so it incorporates gold. It incorporates uh, transparent bookkeeping because you can see the ledger. Uh, there's no central authority running it. So when you look at why the UK had low inflation for so long, they did have a central bank, but they uh, didn't exercise their power to create money irresponsibly uh, for a long time, and then they end up do- using it. Well, Bitcoin doesn't have that. Uh, it doesn't have that uh, enticement, right? They can't be centrally uh, planned. So it it builds upon like the lessons from all the previous generations into a currency, and 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 it, and it doesn't mean it's not going to be other currencies. But as a what my expectation is and my feeling is, you'll see Bitcoin operate as the gold to where. If if different people trade in different currencies like Ethereum or whatever and things out of whack, like Bitcoin will always be the the asset that people are most willing to lend against. Because when you because when you go to finance and you go, all right, um, I'm trying to explain it simply. You go like, what's good credit for a system? Well, it's faith, right? And 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 what backs faith? Consistency. And what's the most consistent currency to date? Gold, because it's lived through multiple through every economy, because it can't be changed that much. So then you go to internet and you go, all right, which one can't be changed? Which can, which one has the biggest network and can be changed the least? It's Bitcoin, right? Um, and I won't get into the details of why that's the case, but that is the case. And so Bitcoin will be the anchor asset, from my perspective and my uh, research, that will be like a the 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 most credit worthy uh coin how does that play out i'm gonna give you like an example so you so so 
let's say we got the internet economy, right? Let's say I got a million in Bitcoin um, and, and you got all the banks built on top of the system that are lending. Now, it like what currency we trade in, whether it's dollars, whether it's yen, whether it's Ethereum, whether it's different NFTs, whatever, it doesn't really matter because what ends up happening is um, if somebody wants to lend me money in whatever currency and they want collateral and I got Preston, I got Bitcoin, they'll lend me whatever currency I want against against the Bitcoin because it's the most trusted currency. And I can and I can decide which currency I want to transact in or borrow money from to do whatever deal I want to do against my Bitcoin. It's the way the current system is built. Banks lend on treasury bills. Um, before that, it was lent on gold, right? Banks lend on real estate too. And so this is just replaying out in a digital space. And so if you understand how it's built and you understand the mechanisms on, on, on how that works, then it will make sense on why um, um, so much building is going uh, into Bitcoin uh, as and and. <laughs> and while I don't agree with the Bitcoin uh, maximalists who say Bitcoin is going to be the only currency because gold wasn't the only currency um, and, and you want to have the diversity of currencies because different currencies or economic systems or financial systems can do different things for, for different purposes, but it, it's still going to play its role, which is very similar to gold as the pristine collateral of the digital financial system being built. That's just my thoughts. Uh, hope hope this uh, hope this helps those uh, thinking patterns open up around how it may be helpful to look at crypto and Bitcoin. And if it's not super helpful, throw it out uh, and, and uh, you know send me your thoughts. I love to hear them. Hope this helps. Until next week, enjoy your week. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.